Um, joining me now is an artist all the way from London, and it is New Zealand Music Week, so I don't think I'm playing any of that UK guff. But I'm joined in the studio via telecommunications by Mr. Angus McBride. Angus, are you there? Good evening. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Very well. So lovely to have you on the show. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, what time is it in... Uh, are you are you Manchester? Are you Liverpool? Where are you at? I'm Liverpool, man, but the time is the same everywhere. <laughs> um, it's, uh, current, it's currently 7.33am on Thursday, the 26th of May. Well, I'm, I'm aware you work in hospitality, so thanks for getting up early, man. Appreciate it. Well, you know, hospitality can drive you into a, a, a state of not seeing the daytime. So I make a conscious effort to uh, witness a bit of it myself. So uh, it's important to maintain a bit of a, a pattern, you know. I can understand that. Um, I have a 9 to 5, but we won't go into that at the moment. Um, That's you, fine. <laughs> you, you've, been, you've been abroad for quite some time. It seems like years now. In fact, has it been years? It's been, yeah, nearly 16 months, bro. Holy moly, that's amazing. And you've been based in uh, England, yes. Um, where'd you say? Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool, yeah. The home of the Beatles, amongst others. Fantastic. And you've been working on music in this time. I know Bye Bye Fishies is your solo project. I've also seen you in demo form. Maybe Mr. Paul Talent is another name you might go by. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it's been my project for a couple of years, I guess, um, releasing a number of sort of novelty singles uh, with pals. Um, Songs about falafel, like, cycle safety. I know you're a big fan like, of um, yeah, social consciousness. You, got, <laughs> you know all the hits, man. You got all the hits. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I just needed a chance to get away and not uh, be in a place where I didn't really know anyone and sort of not have that much to do so that I could focus on it. Um, and so, yeah, by night, as you mentioned, I'm working at Hospo, but I'm working in a really beautiful little music venue, which was formerly a recording studio, uh, home to some very famous albums, uh, such as the first three Coldplay records. Uh, wow, really? Pulse albums. Holy. Yeah, yeah, Pulse albums, uh, some Elbow, uh, I think even a Bjork was done there. Um, so it's a beautiful little small capacity venue with a really rich history, so I think that all together it sort of all comes together really nicely as a sort of the perfect time to do what they've been meaning to do for a long time well that's great and i really expect bye bye fishies to um live up to the mantle that uh, the precedent that those um albums have set <laughs> oh no pressure <laughs> yeah you'll be all right hey um as somebody who was a kind of i mean you've been there for 16 months now you've you work in hospitality at a fantastic phenomenally um well-known venue and you spent a lot of your childhood years in Dunedin. You're from Dunedin, yeah? Dunedin, born and bred, man. Yeah, so you would have seen a very good cross-section of both of those music scenes. And I know there are, there are good points and bad points to any city's music scene and any, any country's music industry. But um, yeah. tell, me about, tell me about the Liverpool scene. Is it, is it big? I assume Liverpool's bigger than the 120,000-odd people we have in Dunedin. Is that, is that true? That's true, yeah. Liverpool is on a similar sort of scale as Wellington, I guess, about 400,000, and it does have a similar sort of vibe. I guess the benefit of Liverpool and the UK in general is that there are more venues to play at, um, and then, of course, more bands because more people. Um, but, I mean, they have, there's similar sort of issues, I guess. Um, venues struggle in the same ways as they do in New Zealand. Uh, but uh, I guess there's also... Sorry? Uh, no, you go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, um, I guess there's more of a ladder to climb in the UK as well. Um, you know, you don't sort of get to a point and then you sort of hit that glass ceiling of, of, of success and then that kind of is it. Like I was, um, the, the building that my venue is in has got a recording studio on the other side, so we get a lot of artists coming to recording their albums and some of which have gone on. Um, there's one recently called uh, a sort of indie pop band called Blossoms who are we're recording their album some time ago and then just recently have been on Jules Holland and are going on to do the the, the best summer festival circuit now as kind of headliners. So, wow. yeah, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on and um, I guess I'm in a perfect location to sort of get to know people and, uh, yeah, see, see what's going on. So I get a very interesting scope on what's going on. Um, in Liverpool and the UK, I guess. I want to, hit, I want to touch upon two points, really. Um, the first being the accessibility of um, a, an artist or perhaps someone on the periphery coming from New Zealand, uh, immigrating to Liverpool, living and working there. Um, but, I mean, accessibility to the to the scene, the gigs. I mean, anyone can, sure, go along to gigs, pay the, pay the ticket price and get in and witness a lot of great stuff. But, I mean... Is it is it quite clicky? I know there are people rub shoulders with one another who have lived there for long enough will tend to be quite friendly towards one another or, or, or the converse of that, I guess. And But there are definite scenes and pockets of scenes. I know Auckland up in the North Island is notorious for such a thing, but it yeah. being a scene, whether or not that means fantastically easy access to network or whatever, it doesn't mean it's a necessarily positive thing. Um, the, so the first I want to hit upon is accessibility, but the second is support for i guess a foundling musician such such as yourself um kind of curating bye bye fishies and gearing up for some really serious releases i mean not that the falafel recipe song or bicycle safety weren't serious (laughs) in nature but i mean like you know taking yourself seriously and then really wanting to have an impact on the scene i'm wondering if there are the support structures for that in in liverpool well, um, yeah, I mean, there are clicks. Of course, there are clicks. Um, and probably more so here because there is a lot of sort of geogra- a lot more geographical kind of uh, uh, rivalry, I guess. Um, I mean, you go 50 kilometers down the road and people have got a different accent and they can't understand each other. And, you know, it's like, oh, they don't really like each other. Right. And in the city as well, you've got clicks that circle around genres and stuff. Like, there's a really nice funk scene and there's a really nice sort of indie rock scene, but those two won't really cross. And then you'll have people who sort of don't fit the mold, so then they struggle to fit in. So, yeah, there's similar sort of problems in that respect. But I think from my perspective, um, working in studio and being from New Zealand, people are always really curious as to who I am, why I'm here and what I do, I guess, and because I'm affable and charming, Tom, as you know. Um, people do people, people, people do sort of want to come up and talk to me, and um, so they're, they're, I have found it really easy to, to get to know people, get to know the right people, um, and then now it's just a matter of using those, using those connections to make something happen. So it is now, now, that I'm, now that I'm sort of ready to take this Bye Bye Fishies project live, um, yeah, it's just a matter of making that happen, I guess. Uh, that's really cool to hear. Um, do you know much about the kind of institutional mechanisms that I know, like, say, for instance, the New, Zeal- uh, New Zealand Music Month, NZ On Air, and the New Zealand Music Commission offer a lot of, well, I, I use that term kind of warily, but there seems to be a pretty good support structure for musicians to kind of 
get to the fore if they play the game in New Zealand. Like, I know Sheehead gets five grand every freaking month to put out a stupid <laughs> music video for a shitty demo they've got. And it really craps yeah. on the really little guys. But I think the little guys don't know how to play the game. Is there a game to be played in the UK whereby you can, you know, count your way through and really climb the ladder? Um, yeah, I think there is a game to play. It's probably not the, the, the same sort of thing in terms of a government funding structure. It's probably more um, getting in bed with promoters, doing the hard yards, playing those shitty opening slots, being good, and then climbing up that way. Um, I, I've met a lot of these promoters. Um, every, every second person seems to be a promoter around here. Um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of, of, of doing that, getting yourself known. Um, and showing that uh, you've got something that you know you that people want to hear, so you just got to do it that way. It's probably more the traditional way, I guess. Yeah, the the actual hard yakker and the yeah um, rubbing shoulders with the with the schmooze, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, um, so let's kind of focus on buy my fishies now. Now. You've sent me Extinguish for Good. This is the first single from your forthcoming debut album, yeah? Yeah, that's... Well, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> it, it'll be an Maybe, album. who knows? <laughs> I think so, yeah. It's been such a whirlwind <laughs> cool. 16 hours, I know. Yeah. I know, I know. I've got more than an EP and a little less than an album at the moment, but it's, uh, it's, it's still a work in progress. Do you think you'll go down the, the route or the route of the EP versus the album, or conversely, the album over the EP? Do you think they're necessarily um, needs to I be a difference between the two I think because um, formerly with OK Crazy Fiction Lady we did a lot of EPs um, we did like I think we did three in a year and so I think I'm just a little bored with the EP idea um, it seems like it seems like it's kind of it's kind of just rushing what could be an album you know you get to four or five good tracks and you're like sweet I gotta put that out whereas I could wait a little bit longer put out nine or ten tracks and that's a nice wee album um, I mean that that really fluffs it up gives it kind of it solidifies it as like a cohesive piece but do you necessarily like once you hit those five nice songs do you need to keep going do you need to throw some of the shitty b-sides um, just to make it fill the material you well, know I, I know a lot of bands fall into that trap. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is my this is my this is my argument because I had I had five decent tracks which I sat on for a long time and thought, oh shit, now the well of inspiration is dried, so now I've got nothing else. But then the well became wet again, Tom, metaphor. And um and it's, it's, it's yeah, the, the songs are still coming. So it's a matter of, I mean, I, it's, we're only five months into this year. I only started really writing this album at the beginning of the year. So I could wait. I've got, I think I've got eight or nine tracks at the moment. So if I waited another five months, I could have, you know, 16, 18 tracks to choose from. Good grief. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of patience, I guess. Um, and I've got to figure out how to actually record it in a decent manner. Right, the dictaphone isn't really doing the job in this case. No, well, yeah, I mean, they're all bedroom recordings, and I'm, you know, Extinguished for Good has been uh, probably, we've done the most with what it is um, to make it sound like a good quality, but some of the tracks are very, very rough, so even if I was to release them, they would have to be re-recorded if, if, you know, either in a bedroom setting like this one has been or somehow in a studio somewhere. Um but there are a lot of networks here that I'm trying to tap into in order to, uh, you know, get that studio time for free or cheap because I got no money. I hear you, buddy. Music industry, <laughs> regardless of where you are so in the world, man. Real. Yeah. 
All right, man. Well, it's been so nice to chat with you, and it sounds really promising. I just want to have your uh, a final question before we hit extinguish for good. Is that um, you were in OK Karaoke Fiction Lady for quite some time, right? How how long were you in that band? Uh, well, that started at the end of 2009, and I think disbanded finally to uh, mid 2012. So it was quite it was quite a while, but. We were only really active in the Dunedin scene for all of 2010, I think. But we had a great time while we were doing that. The halcyon days, as it were. Yeah. Um, but, but my question was, like, how, how will you... It's not like, oh, you're an OK Crazy Fiction Lady. That must be, so you're doing solo OK Crazy Fiction Lady as Bye Bye Fishies. But I want to know, like, how are you differing stylistically? I mean, once you hang up your cape and cow of one thing and you start a new project and be can be quite refreshing but is there anything you're you're still attached to from the past you want to kind of reinvigorate and re-release through bye bye fishies or is it just are we talking like completely new inspirational material from angus mcbride in 2016 well i guess the creative process is completely different because okay was obviously a collaborative effort mm. um fueled mainly by our guitarist mark murray big love brother um so so this whole process has been completely new to me um, starting sort of two years ago actually having to learn the guitar because I was a bassist who had no idea how to use more than one finger at once on a string right um, so you know it's, it's, it's an entirely different process and the results vary greatly um, and I'm, I'm not sort of binding myself to any particular sound or genre I'm just letting it sort of come out organically and so yeah the results are very much different so yeah, but it's, it's 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 different in that everything is coming from me. Like even learning to write lyrics that I'm comfortable sharing with people, it's it's all a completely new experience. So uh, hopefully, when you play the track, I don't offend everyone. But I shouldn't do. <laughs> um, sorry to keep. Um prattling on but you raised an interesting point and it's one I discussed with one of my guests earlier and this is lyrics versus melody and rhythm of a track are you coming up with are you like you know are you one of the bards that is writing the lyrics um, singing the songs of your people and talking about emotions that reflect yourself and then creating melodies and rhythms that go with them or you kind of you know had too much coffee you're tapping out uh, a new riff and then you form a song around that and then subsequently the lyrics will come to you or is like do they work in tandem do they work in isolation again each, each, each song is completely different I think the one you're about to play was very much an inspiration of the moment it was sort of based on real life events that got me excited to write music um, about it so I think, but I think, I think that second option you said, where the, you bang out a riff, you feel it, you might shout some stupid chorus that sticks, and then you're like, "All right, I'll write some verses around that," and then you've got a song within sort of half an hour to kind of play with a little bit. But um, when, when, it, when it happens, it happens very, very quickly, and then sometimes it can take weeks. You might have like a little concept that you love, but you're just struggling to find the right voice for it or the right sort of angle to come at it vocally. So yeah, every every song has been a completely different creative experience, which is really really exciting. That's really cool, man. And I think we should wrap it up and play "Extinguish for Good" from your forthcoming as of yet untitled album. I'm assuming the debut of Bye uh, Bye Fishies. A, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> well, you, you had a, a, <coughs> an album title in there somewhere, yeah? Uh, I've had a couple. I've had a couple. I think the first of which was. Um, uh, life, love, and loss on a budget, but I think I've scrapped that one. Um, I think yeah, because you're not twelve. I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I wonder. Um, I think the current working title is um, of no particular significance. 
because of, uh, well, both uh, cosmic significance and the fact that I assume no one will listen to the album. So, a bit of tongue-in-cheek there. Well, it's good to be self-aware. Um, Angus McBride, thank you so much for joining us all the way in London Town and getting up early for this interview. I can't wait to debut to the world, Extinguish for Good. Thank you so much and all the best, and I hope you come to New Zealand sometime. I'll be back, bro. Don't you worry. I miss your face way too much. Hey, thanks for speaking with me. <laughs> All right. Angus McBride from Bye Bye Fishies, the new project from Angus McBride, the bassist of OK Crazy Fiction Lady. You would have seen them down in Dunedin in that halcyon day of 2010. We've got the world premiere of Extinguish for Good coming from...